0: Hello, and welcome to the Big Lead, Big Stream Holiday Podtacular. Today, I am here with Kyle Koster. My name is Stu Douglas. We are here to talk about Lindsay Lohan's new Christmas movie on Netflix, perfectly titled Falling for Christmas. Kyle, how great is it to have Lindsay Lohan back in your life? Um, I
1: enjoyed seeing her. It's been so many years since she acted, and I think before I pressed play on this. Now, I did have the background. You described this movie to me in a previous podcast, so I knew we were getting essentially a Hallmark picture airing on Netflix, but I was really open to any possibility. I told my wife that Lohan could be excellent, that this could launch a comeback for her, and I also said it could kind of be like watching one of the teen moms being cast in a movie. And I think you were a little bit closer to the second one there, Um, My big picture thoughts about this movie, no matter how nice it was to have Lindsay Lohan back, no matter how inoffensive it was to sit in front of this. I was disappointed that the movie ended and I was at a loss to think of one memorable thing that she did. It was a weird choice. I think for her to make, if she is going to be trying to launch a comeback, because there was really nothing there in this movie.
0: I I would say this turned out to be more of a, uh, a lifetime Christmas movie that their Christmas movies are a little more fantastical um, and s- silly sometimes than the Hallmark uh, family centered fair is. I mean, there, there's just so much here because it's been so long. Like she was, it's hard to, it's been like two decades almost since Mean Girls, which is like the peak of Lindsay Lohan. And, like, that, and, I mean, she did uh, Freaky Friday with Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, she was legitimately good when she was younger. And then she just got so big and just turned into a celebrity instead of an actress. And she's been, I mean, over the last, like, five years, she's been in, like, two or three things. And one was, like, a this movie called Among the Shadows, which is, like, a supernatural thriller. And it's, like, two stars on imdb do you know how bad something has to be to be two stars on imdb this was i i i thought i was trying to think of a sports comparison i think that Lindsay lohan might kind of be like uh cam newton at this point uh she was so good uh a long time ago and then this is like uh, cam newton in uh, new england or carolina where it, it kind of looked like him but uh the the results were not there Uh, she was she was fine for this movie you you don't have to be incredible to be in one of these uh films but she's a long way even by those standards from like her Mean Girls co-star Lacey Chabert who's like the queen of Christmas movies at this point uh she she is in she's in no danger of losing that spot and just thinking about how far down the Mean Girls rankings Lindsay Lohan has fallen in the last uh, 18 years is impressive and sad. But it's good that she's, if she is clean and happy and, and she's going to work with Netflix and make, you know, just enjoyable, forgettable movies. That's good for her. I'm happy for her. I'm, I'm happy to to watch them once and then forget about them.
1: Well, it was kind of shocking how far down the roster of this movie she was because she gets out-acted by Court Overstreet of Glee fame, who is actually pretty good in this movie. Uh, let's get to the plot. She is an heiress of a uh, high-profile, high-falutin, ritzy ski resort. Court Magna. Overstreet is kind of like the blue collar resort who wants investment goes to her father at the beginning of the movie. She has an influencer boyfriend who becomes the fiance An ill advised trip out into the snow. They get lost. They fall down a hill. She bonks her head. He bonks his head. She loses all memory has amnesia is brought to this little town where Cordova street says that she can stay at his resort, as long as she heals up, I'm not sure legally if this is the processes here. I don't think you just release someone like if 51st dates if Drew Barrymore had just been set out to the wild, we probably would have got a much better picture. There was that weird tone of like, is she being taken advantage of? And because they tried to like keep it light, they never delved into that very, very weak plot. Like nothing really happens. There's no tension Uh, She has to decide what relationship she wants. The fact that her father was like this rival in a way never comes into play. Just a lot of emptiness there. I would say that the things that did work, there were actually some earnest and genuine good moments when Lohan and Overstreet were bonding there's a great montage that kind of shows them hitting the slopes together and getting closer she's uh assimilating to that life with his daughter you know they both have tragedy in their life so they bond over that so like some of that worked really well but there was almost no tension and no stakes until the very end when she suddenly realized that her name was sierra after hearing the word sierra once
0: yeah there. uh i mean there there was a lot of enjoyable stuff like uh her uh, as stupid as it was like uh social influencer boyfriend slash fiance tad uh tad is just a great name for an influencer um the way that he he gets lost and he stumbles upon ralph uh he kind of had some very funny moments uh kind of a survival man um uh lohan hitting her head and then she ends up in the hospital uh, the the police uh the sheriff in this movie was not impressive he was not very good at his job because at most she was what 30 miles from uh the hotel where she lived and they're like should we put her on tv he's like well that's not how missing persons works we usually just stone away in a hotel somewhere i guess
1: yeah, it's it's kind of like if they were going to remake The Shining and remake Misery, uh, they kind of <laughs> let it up to that type of situation. Yeah, the giant elephant in the room is that nobody knows who her father is and had never seen her before. Um, like the culminating moment, the climax of the film is when they're having the impromptu fundraiser to save the lodge, and he calls her up on stage. I kept waiting for someone in the room to be like hey that's sierra blank you know <laughs> like she is this high profile socialite right and more than that she's dating someone who is we're led to believe the, the biggest influence in the world clearly someone would have seen her that is never an issue at all not only are the police bad at their job in this movie the mayor implicates himself in a massive scandal when he just hands <laughs> this lodge owner a big check And in the moment, I'm like, you absolutely cannot be doing that. You cannot be giving a private business just some over the table money and saying something like, (laughs) thanks for helping with my car that one time. I mean, that I don't know what (laughs) uh, what was Summit Springs Gazette the next morning is going to have a field day calling for impeachment, recall and a further investigation.
0: Yeah, the fact that uh, Sierra was missing for, I think, four or five days and. At least two days, <clears throat> at least twenty four hours had passed before anyone noticed at the hotel, and then uh, nobody brought this up, brought up to the uh, rich, powerful man that his daughter was missing for like another day or two. That doesn't seem like a great way to get ahead in the company. Is uh, hiding the disappearance of your daughter do- of uh, the, your employer's daughter. All these different little tropes from the ho- the happy holiday family movies, where you have the you have down on his luck uh lodge owner but and i love that this uh lodge that was in such um such trouble they everything was going so horribly and this place was immaculate the decorations were like i mean this is the kind of thing that you it was more well decorated than the super expensive place that uh, was compared to uh, SpaceX, which was a a timely uh, reference.
1: I had the exact same thought. They walked into the lodge and I'm like, this is charming. Like, this looks unbelievable. It's It's not trying too hard. It's super cozy. It's super homey. It seems to be a more preferable place to stay than the expensive resort owned by a father who like, if you want to, see a picture of like a waspy rich guy the guy who plays lohan's father is unbelievable uh there's some really great like kind of mid-90s parted down the middle hair in this film between he and overstreet it's like overstreet's like a younger version of her dad i don't know how much we want to dive into that i thought that that was nice There were some good performances in the movie. I loved Ralph. Like I could have gone for a full Ralph movie. Uh, Tad, who is like irredeemable and unlikable, doing almost everything in this movie, like finds a heart and finds his true self out in the woods. I thought that that was really nice. Um, They tried to do too much here, obviously, which is kind of crazy because for a movie that has absolutely no content and no substance, the fact that they tried to shoehorn some stuff in there and actually ended up weakening it, I I thought was disappointing. Like, the housekeeper at the inn was a pretty brutal character. That's some of the worst acting I've ever seen. It's so uneven because, like, at times, the performances in this movie actually made me feel things. Like, I, I really felt that their connection and their relationship and I thought that at times Lohan did things where I was like, okay, well, this is a person who has never felt like they had agency before and she's getting a chance to see what her life would be like had she not been born with a silver spoon in her mouth. And it felt like a real movie based on how it was filmed at times. And then you would go to really cheap special effects and like blown out filters that makes it look really bad. So it's like you felt like you were in like a really low budget soap opera at some points, but at other times, like if you squinted hard enough, it kind of looked like an actual motion picture, but it was just so... Disorienting and confusing to me because just when I started to be like, you know what, this isn't half bad, they would come into like a cheesy, cheap, really poor written scene.
0: Oh my god. The the visuals on some of it, like the stuff that was shot on a soundstage, uh, like some of the skiing and the snowmobiling was just so distracting and hilarious. But uh, I mean, they really went for it with some of the skiing scenes. Um, like the full race at the start and then, uh, Lindsay Lohan starts to ski, even though she doesn't ski. Um, I mean, that just goes to show what kind of a great instructor, uh, Jack was when a guy teaches your child to ski, you owe them for life. And that's what this town showed. Um, and I w- I was, you were talking about the, the father, uh, his name was Beauregard Belmont. And I was just looking through his IMDb. His real name is uh, Jack Wagner. And I, I made a funny face and you caught it because I, I looked here and he was in a five Hallmark movies called The Wedding March, the original, and then four sequels. Oh, s- five sequels, actually. Uh, finishing with Sealed with a Kiss, colon, Wedding March 6, which uh, was a 2001 Hallmark movie. And yeah, Court Overstreet, I... Uh, it's a name I've heard and it's a hilarious, great name. And I'm, I'm happy that, that I now know who he is and I can put his, uh, extreme frosted tips with the, uh, part down the middle in my, uh, in my memory forever.
1: Yeah. I thought he was pretty good. Uh, I was, I was, in, I was pleasantly surprised with him. You know, the skiing scenes at once were, It's so bizarre, man, because there were times where I was like sort of terrifying when they take off and they start to feel like they're going to get lost. I was like, oh, please veer into like that Sopranos episode when they're out in the Pine Barrens or a simple plan type thing. Something with some edge.
2: The fall that they each take was like super. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket
1: And if you love the Filet-O-Fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6.
2: Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: Mighty and scary. Like, there were times where it was just like, if they wanted to veer and make this like a serious, scary movie, they they could have. And then it would come back and it was kind of just like, no, it's fine. Like, they rescue her, bro. And then nobody talks about this companion that she
0: had out there i have to imagine that that guy died in real life oh in real life tad would have died yes uh yeah that's possible but i i mean they they really went for it with some of the physical stuff in this movie like the the fall down the mountain was uh surprisingly uh violent and then she crashes into the tree head first and when jack finds her he goes he runs over and he just flips her over it's like we don't know what's wrong with her, but I'm just going to move the body immediately. Uh, paralysis be damned. And then I'm going to pick her up and, uh, well, I guess he did call it in at that point. So that was good. Uh, yeah, Tad Tad and Ralph was probably the best part of the movie, that weird relationship. And just the way he found him in the woods and found him in his uh, fishing shanty was delightful. Oh, and, and another part of the physical, I I mean, it was actual physical comedy. You wouldn't call the falling down the mountain physical comedy. But uh, when the part where she opens the the shades and the raccoons there and she tumbles over backwards over the recliner, which I mean, it's a great hotel if there's a recliner in the room. I don't care. That's the kind of place I want to stay. I can't believe this place was struggling. But that bit of physical comedy was uh, both silly and pretty well done
1: the cartoon raccoon was <laughs> such bad special effects it looked like a bad um wow. stuffed animal it made me laugh super hard uh another thing that got a big belly laugh from yours truly was the montage where she's learning to do things that uh, she's never done in her life. And she's never seen anybody crack an egg before. So she just kind of like Gronk spikes two at a time (laughs) was really awesome. Uh, That kind of brings me to where my biggest question about the movie comes in is uh, I looked it up. Lindsay is 36 years old, but how old do you think the character in this movie she's playing is? Because
0: it is quite juvenile oh yeah that, that's a good question i mean cuz <clears throat> he he the dad wants her to get a job and doesn't seem like super uh annoyed that she doesn't have one yet which would lead me to believe that she was younger like uh early mid 20s but uh I, I don't think lindsay can pull off uh early to mid 20s anymore so i'm just going to say she was probably uh, early thirties and just got back from a gap decade in Europe or something. She's, a, she was playing an heiress. She was playing a hotel heiress. So you know, it, it's good that maybe she just showed some interest in starting to do something. That's why her father was trying to give her that job, but you know, she found her own way and yeah, the, the learning to do things like she had never done them was uh, funny before before we finish up, I just want I just want to make sure we mention the Santa. Cause this was one of those movies that had a real Santa in it, which uh, crosses it over from the just your regular run-of-the-mill family movie to one of the uh, like magical realism films. And he was he was kind of a gruff Santa, you know, he had the uh, that newsboy cap or whatever on, and he had a very, very uh, sharp beard. He was, he was kind of a, he was a definitely a 2022 20, Santa. He was, he was not a classic, uh, one of your classic Santa clauses.
1: He looked like Brian Dennehy.
0: Whenever I hear Brian Dennehy, I think of uh, just the, the Brian Dennehy joke in South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. And then what else? What was Brian Dennehy? And he was in a uh, Tommy boy. He was a dad. Tommy
1: boy. He also played Bobby Knight in that ESPN movie.
0: Oh my goodness. There's something to revisit.
1: So why don't you we dive into like the Christmassiness of it all? Uh, I mean, it certainly had a lot of the things that you want, even if they weren't executed well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it had it had the decorations. It had a little bit of shopping. It had the the big gathering, uh, not a meal, not not like a family feast, but it had the uh, the t- gathering at the town square, the tree lighting, which was happening way too close to Christmas. Uh, that's, that's one of my, the things that always drives me nuts about Christmas movies is how late people are putting up decorations, like a Christmas vacation. Uh, Clark Griswold is out there on like, uh, at least at the very latest Clark Griswold is putting stapling up his lights, uh, on Thanksgiving afternoon. Um, as soon as the, uh, as soon as the bears and lions are done. But they have them like, it's like the week of Christmas when he's putting up those lights, even, maybe even closer. So they had, a, they had a lot, and they had the Santa. Uh, nobody dressed up as Santa, I don't believe. But it had a lot It had a lot of Christmassy stuff. It was This was definitely a Christmas movie as advertised, which uh, was very good for uh, what we were looking for in this project. So I'll go, I'll, let's get to the ratings. And on a on a movie scale, which I, I think we've uh, determined we're going to rate these movies as both just motion pictures as art, but also as Christmas movies. Um, as an actual movie, you know, this is like a one and a half out of four, but an, an enjoyable, fine way to waste 90 minutes or 86 minutes or whatever. But as a Christmas movie, I mean, this is like a this is a nine or 10 out of 12 days of Christmas right here. Uh, You've got a lot of the Christmas uh, spirit coursing throughout and it doesn't really matter what the plot devices are. Uh, You just need the trees and the lights and the love and make me feel ready to celebrate.
1: I agree. And that sound you hear is my uh, unhappy child. So this is going to have to be a quicker podcast. He, uh, he didn't get to enjoy the greatness of Lohan. I think from a Christmas level, we're going to give it uh, a 10 out of 12. Uh, It certainly tried all it could. Um, The Santa thing was weird, too, because like he had he had powers, but they were kind of like hidden, kind of like a winking and a nod.
0: Oh, yes. Santa's power. Uh, We should talk about that. The way that he uh, showed his power was by blowing and making Christmas wish go up into the sky and then pushing two people off of a mountain uh santa claus i don't know if we've ever seen santa claus uh use his mind powers to to throw to throw two people off of a mountaintop before rendering one of them lost in the woods and left for dead and the other one to be to stumble upon a strange wilderness man so and then at the end he sells a the snow globe which seemed like it was going to have some kind of special significance But it turned out it was just pretty. And then she left it in the bag at the hotel. So I guess they'll just bring it out every year and think about that time that uh, dad found mom, left for dead in a snowbank, brought her home and kept her in his house until she uh, woke up. That was so aggravating because
1: like the one establishing scene, we should say that the first Four minutes of this movie are all exposition given by the characters, like a long backstory. Like they just went for it. It was just like, here's everything you need to know, and we're going to say it in the most overhanded and obvious way possible. But her dad, like, shows the snow globe that her mom gave her. It was just like, Oh, I can't believe you remember that you were only five when she and then they don't say died. I don't know if you can say that they died. They don't really say that his wife died either. They say that she got sick. I mean, we can figure out what happened there and, and why that they have that shared common bond. But it was like they were setting up for that snow globe to have some sort of meaning to her. Like, I mean, this is the like someone watched the movie Citizen Kane. And was like, oh, we're gonna put that in there, but it's just not gonna have any bearing on it. You know, snow globes are like a classic Christmas movie thing as well that we should mention. You see a snow globe, there's always it's always gonna come into play, except this one where it just did not come into play. Do you need me to give my rating?
0: Uh, so you said you gave a ten out of twelve for Christmas. Okay.
1: So I gave this a ten out of twelve on the days of Christmas scale, but as an actual movie goes. I mean, I think this is uh I think this is a one out of four. I just I can't in good conscience give it a better grade than that. Um, I didn't hate it. I enjoyed watching Lohan. I still believe that she has the ability to, to make some noise in the future. I just kind of wish that she had chosen to be like the fourth person on like a Hulu dramedy series or something where she could have showed up and played a small part and been good. Like you're telling me you couldn't have put her as like a a wine mom in mayor of East town or something like that. Like, I really think that she has that in her, like she can play sad. And I got the sense that she was a somewhat three-dimensional figure in, in going in this, but I felt that that all those efforts were really subverted and kind of self neutered because they're like, okay, we don't want this to be too serious or too good. So it was a movie with a governor on the whole way down the road. Uh, Some laughs in it. I definitely uh, had some enjoyable moments uh, just at the absurdity and the stupidity of it. But uh, yeah, if you weren't watching this for an assignment, I can't believe that this would become part of your holiday routine going forward.
0: Yeah. This is probably not something that will be revisited too often. But for 2022, it was nice to celebrate Christmas with Lindsay Lohan for once. So before we go, uh, there was one thing. We, I mean, we mentioned Mean Girls earlier in the episode. Uh, do you do you think that Mean Girls crosses over and counts as a Christmas movie? This is a really tough one for me.
1: I kind of think it's close. My answer would be no but it has such a great Christmas scene in it that it like flirts with a loophole and comes perilously close to being in whatever that like complicated field is Christmas adjacent movies go. But I get the sense when I watch Mean Girls that it might've been better if it was an entirely a Christmas movie. Um, I know that you have to go through the school year for the plot, but I think that there was a lot of meat left on the bone there. Um, And you know, like it, I, there's something about Lohan that feels Christmassy. Like that dance is one of her most iconic moments. It's impossible not to smile when you think about everything that happens in that scene. And I think that she brought a little bit over that a uh, little bit over to this. Like when she was coming down the the stairs in the red dress, I kind of had flashback flashbacks of Mean Girls. Uh, but it's just really complicated to, to see her, uh, try an adult version of Christmas because it's weird to see her try an adult version of anything at this point
0: yeah um, Mean Girls definitely not a Christmas movie but that was definitely a, a legitimate Christmas scene that would have worked in any actual Christmas movie uh, I think that might just be in a whole other category um, like the movie Netflix movie from a year or two ago Holiday had a couple of Christmas scenes and I think they released that around the holidays but that's not really a christmas movie it's a ho- cuz they spend time on all the different holidays but they do have legit christmas scenes um so maybe you know in a year or two when we're still doing this we will uh just do an entire uh november and december of christmas scenes from non-christmas movies and then die hard can finally get its due
1: important seo there
0: yes so uh, we'll wrap it up for, for now with uh, Falling for Christmas a, the new Netflix movie with Lindsay Lohan uh, we'll be back next week uh, at the very least Liam and I are going to watch the new Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds movie Spirited which is on Apple TV and we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, Just Friends from Ryan Reynolds uh, earlier days so for Cal Coster, I'm Steven Douglas. This has been the Big Lead, Big Stream, Holly Potacular. Happy holidays.